When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. There can't be a grislier memory of the 2021 season than Colin Moran being waved home and thrown out by like 30 feet. And yet there's something about firing Joey Cora that just doesn't feel right. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Cora was fired over the weekend. They use all different kinds of terminology for this sort of thing. That's pretty much standard fare across the corporate world. He was fired. And he was fired, as Ben Charrington fairly noted in the press release, early enough in the offseason so that he could ideally pick up work elsewhere. Joey Cora, good guy, good citizen, good infield coach. And that's the part that you don't see. What you do see with a third base coach and the way almost everyone evaluates a third base coach is whether or not runners get thrown out at home. This season in 2021, the Pirates were thrown out at home 19 times. Third most in all of Major League Baseball. And... That's like completely crazy when you consider they didn't get people on the bases very often. You know, the ultimate sign of a lousy offense is not getting people on the base paths. Never mind how many of them you get thrown out at home. To rank all the way up there near the top in that category is bad. Even worse, the Pirates were thrown out 23 times in the previous full season in 2019. That was the most. That was the most of anybody in the majors. They also had 23 guys thrown out the year before. All of these were Cora. Cora was one of three holdovers from Clint Hurdle's staff, along with Rick Eckstein, who was fired with a month left in this season, and Justin Message, who's still the bullpen coach. Now it's just Message. The other two guys are gone. Cora was the longest tenured member of the staff, having been there since 2016. And you can say whatever you want about Cora at third base. It's not only 
guys getting thrown out at third. He made lots of other lousy decisions there. Now, again, when you try to portray something like this, you try to paint it out in a fair way, you also have to stress, I think, and I've felt this way forever as it relates specifically to the position of third base coaches, that nobody remembers when they do a good job. No one remembers when they made a great call to send a guy home. No one does. It just never, ever comes up. Wow, what a great wave by Joey Cora. Nobody. Really good, aggressive read. Watched what the fielder was doing. Saw the relay was going to a guy who has no arm, blah, 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 blah. Nothing. Nothing. It never comes up. It's a completely thankless job. Maybe the most thankless job in all of baseball. But I'll repeat. To me... The core of firing and or continued employment, had it happened, really shouldn't have been about having guys thrown out at home. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern, home of Steak on a Stone, home of a magnificently decorated baseball-only place. It's hard to describe unless you're there, but when you walk into North Shore Tavern, you know where you are, you know why it's there, and you know that it's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. Great place to head down, watch the playoff games that are ongoing. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. The difference that Cora made with the Pirates was with the infield defense. I know, and you know too, I'm sure, that this team was defined fundamentally by the Will Craig nonsense. Meaning nonsense on Will Craig's part. I'm not defending him. It's the one of the dumbest things I've seen ever on a baseball field. But it shouldn't have been what branded this team. Did you know that the Pirates finished number one in the majors in fielding percentage? Did you know that? Crazy, right? I mean, you don't think of them that way at all. Why? Well, because Will Craig ran the guy back home because other fundamentals were lacking. Brian Hayes missing uh, first base on that home run and stuff like that. They got a lot of publicity because they're the Pirates and they're easy to dump on. But the fact is, and I mean fact, over 162 games, the Pirates had the best fielding percentage in the majors. They also made the fewest infield errors in all of baseball, 56. Fewest errors of any team in baseball. And now when you go around the diamond you start to understand why. Brian Hayes is at third. That really, really helps. He was missing for a couple months, but he was there for the other four. Kevin Newman doesn't have the world's greatest range, but my goodness, what a year he had in the field from an efficiency standpoint. Adam Frazier. Nominated for gold gloves in 2019 and 2020. He was the second baseman most of the time. This year, obviously, until the trade to the Padres. 
And at first base with Josh Bell gone, Colin Moran went there and really did a pretty nice job. And when you're talking about everybody other than Hayes, because Hayes is new to that mix, Newman, we watched with our own eyes, get better defensively. Don't bring his hitting into it. I, I hear you, okay? His hitting is awful. That's not what I'm talking about. His defense here. Defense. He got better, including with his range, including with his ability to go into the hole, something he was pretty much a non-factor at before this year. Frazier was a reinvented outfielder. Cora taught him second base. And the same applies really to Moran, because Moran was a third baseman, in the minors, he'd spent some time in the outfield as well. But he was moved to first base. And again, this is a bright guy, so he was going to be a willing and able student. But someone had to do the teaching, and that was Cora. When I asked Derek Shelton, oh, when was this? Early September. We're somewhere on the road. I don't remember where. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not all the details are going to be crisp whenever I do this show. And I do a lot of these games and a lot of this traveling and so forth. But I asked Shelton who was most responsible for this team's defense being as sound as it was. And he gave credit, first and foremost, to the players, as he should. He also mentioned Tarek Brock, the first base coach who works with the outfielders. And then he mentioned Joey Cora. So I don't think that there's any sense in the organization that the infield defense just kind of you know, created itself. He had a role in this. He had a role in this. And I can't know why the Pirates specifically fired Cora. I strongly suspect it wasn't because he's some bad guy. And I really doubt that they would do so based on the work at third base. I really do. It's just... It's statistically insignificant. I know it sounds like it hurts. You know, wow, that's a lot of guys thrown out at home. But when you go over 162 games and you factor that the Pirates are usually down in games, and then you further factor in that they have a really, really, really hard time driving runs in, you're going to be more aggressive as a third base coach. And Shelton himself has said in consecutive spring trainings that he wanted to see the Pirates be aggressive on the base pass. He wanted to see them force the issue, was the terminology that he used. I'm not disputing that the number of guys thrown out at home was too much. But I feel comfortable questioning getting rid of Cora when he had this kind of impact on the one strongest area of your baseball team. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question and today's j1q comes from andy shaw and it's a timely one andy says the pirates have a good defense and next year they likely will again too how much do free agent pitchers factor that in after dollars 
when deciding where to sign. Will a mid-level bounce-back guy think that Pittsburgh could help him on a one-year deal? Well, there's a lot of, I guess, side questions that would easily apply to the main one that you ask, Andy. I'm really, really glad, though, that you included after dollars in the question. There are so many narratives that exist across the scope of sports about what a free agent will or won't accept, what might lure or deter a free agent, when in fact 99% of a decision, of any decision in any league, is going to come down to money. I am not guessing at this. I've had years of dealing with agents. I have heard them tell me off the record, this team is offering this, that team is offering that, and that team way over there is offering that. They're not talking about who's got infield defense. They're not talking about uh, who's got the better offensive line or who's got the better goaltending. They're just not. They're talking about money. And I am... Again, really grateful that you cut me off on that one because that's only that's the only place I was going to go with this answer. As it is, as it is, since you took that off the table, I do believe that there is an attractiveness to it for a free agent pitcher, probably more after the fact than beforehand. I'm reminded of how much A.J. Burnett valued uh, in in coming to Pittsburgh. Now, he wasn't a free agent. He was a trade acquisition, but A.J. was subsequently signed. But he was a veteran who, again, after the fact, he saw that on the field, sure, he had to deal with Pedro at third, but he had Clint Barmas at short. He had a greatly improved Neil Walker at second, and he had a defense that he felt like he could he could trust. Tyler Anderson, who was a free agent, who was signed by Ben Charrington, and obviously a much more recent example, the only significant recent example at all, actually, Anderson spoke very highly of what was happening behind him. Now, again, this was after the fact. Beforehand, in fairness, he couldn't have known. I mean, he, you know, Key was around, and you know, Key'd only been around for a, for a month. Uh, Newman, as I mentioned, really took off this year defensively. So he could have sung the praises of Frazier, who wasn't making many highlight reels, even though he was really dependable. And you, you still had really no idea what you were going to get at first base. So he wasn't in a position to do that beforehand, but he did afterward. But man, you nailed your own question there. It's about money. If you want to get a free agent, if you want to do everything that you can to draw a free agent to your team, offer them more money than the other teams are. It works every freaking time. I appreciate the question, Andy, and I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Let's do another one tomorrow.